This podcast is part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is a practical show. I don't go tin foil hat on you. I just keep things rooted in common sense. Well, I appreciate the patience of all of you listeners. I know it's been a long time since late November since I put out a show. And I've got to tell you, you know, it's been my plan recently to try to get more episodes of today's survival show put out. There are a lot of things that I want to say, and there's a lot of information, and I've even got some listeners that want to co-host and and put out some information. By the way, some of you listeners out there, if you've got areas of expertise and you want to co-host today's survival show or be a guest host, hey, I'm all for it. Send me uh, an email and um, and let's let's uh, let's get the ball rolling and doing that because I know a lot of you out there have a lot of real good knowledge and you could probably share it or we could just set up an interview either one okay so I want to talk about business survival. I'm in the mobile studio cruising down the highway uh, headed out to a business appointment taking advantage of a little bit of windshield time and uh, I'm talking to you so let's talk about business survival now you might be thinking right away and even when you saw the title of this podcast maybe you're thinking well Bob I don't own a business I just work for somebody and I'm just going to say I beg to differ everybody owns a business everybody Everybody owns a business. Okay, what I mean by that, do you have a family? Even if you don't have a family, do you have bills? Do you have obligations? Do you have a place to live where you have to pay a mortgage or rent? Do you have a job or an income or are you looking for a job? You're in business. You're in business for yourself. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is part of survival, I mean surviving today before some kind of a disaster hits, or even if a disaster does happen to you, this helps you survive after that. It's treating your life and treating your household and your family as a business. Yeah, Have you ever thought about it that way before? You may have heard somebody talk about it, but maybe they didn't get into detail. So that's what I want to do. Get into detail. Treating your, your life as a business. I think this is a very important survival skill because if you do it now, when the stink hits the fan, you're going to do it after that too. You're going to build the habit. You're going to build the habit. And here's what I'm talking about. Any business in order to survive has to spend less than what they make, right? Now, I've talked about that endlessly on today's survival show. They spend less than they 
make. So, if you've never done this, do it. Figure out what your total income is after taxes. What is your total net income? If you're self-employed, you should be you should have a pretty good idea of what your taxes are going to be. So, you know, come up with that percentage, subtract it from your gross income, and figure out what your net is going to be. Like a business, that is your family or your personal operating income. There you go. That's your starting point. Spend less than that every month. And if you are spending more than that every month, make some adjustments. And teach this to your kids. I'm trying to teach this to my son right now. You know, he's 18. He he gets part of this. How many of you are like me, raising a teenager? <laughs> oh, good Lord. Or maybe you have done it. Um, so you know what I'm talking about. And for those of you that are going to be raising a teenager in the near future, listen up. They're a little difficult to to teach Life is like a business. That concept doesn't... They don't seem to get that too easily. Now, my son gets... I think he gets it about halfway. He's getting there. Because I hear him make comments like, Well, well, gee, I, I, don't, I don't have that much money in my savings account, so I, I can't buy that yet. Ooh, I love to hear that. I love hearing that. I don't have that much money in my savings account, Dad. So, so I can't buy that. See, that's the kind of thinking that I want him to have hey if I don't have much money if I don't have the kind of money right now to buy what I want then I don't buy it see that's the first and foremost and probably most important aspect and the most important quality of any business or any family that should be run like a business spend less than what your income is you know by the time this podcast goes out into the uh, internet Space. By the time it airs, we're going to have a new president who is a businessman. And I hope, now again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, but I hope that our new president, Trump, begins to start running the country like a business. I mean, why not? Why, what, why not run this country just like it's a giant business? Where performance gets rewarded and failure does not. Where expenditures are less than income. You know, the government, the government makes an income. The federal government, your state government, they make an income. Unfortunately, the problem is, is the vast majority of them spend more than the income that they take in. They take in tax money. That's the largest part of their income. Now, I know some of them are corrupt, (laughs) so they get income other ways. But why not run it like a business, for the most part? Not Maybe not completely, but at least definitely where, where finances are concerned and where performance is concerned. And this is another thing I want to say about business survival. Uh, not just the money aspect of it, but what about the performance? In almost any business in America, if you work for that, if you own the business or if you work for the business, performance 
is rewarded and failure is not. Correct? Many of you listening, you might be victims of a layoff. Right? How many of you are victims of a layoff? Well, you probably got laid off because the story that was given to you was that the business, the company you were working for, couldn't afford a certain group of people or couldn't afford you and your position. And because of financial reasons, because the money wasn't there anymore, they had to eliminate your position because of financial reasons. Either because there was a lower cost way of doing it and they might have outsourced it, which that really sucks and hopefully that's going to change in this country. Either they outsourced it or they didn't run their business very well. And they can't afford that anymore. Or the sales and revenue isn't coming in like it was. And so your position that was basically there to serve the sales and revenue is no longer needed. Okay? It's happened to me before. Now, normally it's because of poor management. Well, the same thing in a family. Although, you can't just fire your kids. (laughs) Or you can't fire your spouse or your brother or your sister or whatever. You can't fire family. I mean, not really. Some of us probably would like to, right? (laughs) You might have certain family members you'd like to fire. You know, but you can't go up to them and pull a Donald Trump and say, You're fired because they're family. But what you can do is you can demand more performance from them. And when the stink hits the fan, trust me, this is going to pay off. Because it's not going to be something new to them. That that they got to get things done and they have to achieve results. Mitigating a disaster is also about achieving results whenever you have to do something. Maybe you have to rebuild a building. Because in that disaster, yours got demolished or maybe you have to work with contractors to get your building rebuilt or maybe you've got to work with insurance companies I think the most important principles of any business or any family in order to survive is number one get your financial house in order have the money to be able to do what you need to do. I have had, my, me and my family have had some major stink hit the fan events hit us. I went through very expensive cancer treatments a couple of years ago. Praise God, I'm still cancer free. Almost two full years now. I'm cancer free. My wife, as most of you know, is battling ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. She's in a nursing home right now um, on a ventilator to get breathing assistance to fight that. And to stay alive and maintain some type of quality of life right now. Well, there are major expenses and there are major hurdles associated with that. A large portion of her expenses and my cancer treatments, we had to pay. I mean, I shouldn't say a large portion. I'm sorry. We are well insured. Thank God. Okay. I, 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 thank, I thank the Lord for the fact that I have had the ability to have the health insurance that I have because of the excellent job that I've been blessed with 
and also um, Medicare has stepped in for my wife because whenever you have a terminal illness, most of the time you instantly qualify for Medicare. So we have been insured, but they don't pay for everything. So fortunately, we had saved the money so that we could pay for all the co-pays and all the deductibles ourselves. And we paid cash for the co-pays and deductibles. We did not put those on credit cards. See, these are the kinds of disasters you need to plan for. You know, one of my big... uh, Financial mentors is Dave Ramsey, and Dave Ramsey is a big, as you know, uh, if you listen to him, he's a big anti-debt counselor. And he talks about an emergency fund, and he, he wants everybody to have a couple thousand dollars or even a thousand bucks in an emergency fund to take care of emergencies. We went way beyond that. We went way beyond that. We kept building it up until we had about six months worth of expenses saved up. Wow, it's paid off. Now we've had to tap into that. We've had to tap into that. We don't have six months of expenses saved anymore because we've had to use it to make some co-pays and uh, other medical bills that we had to pay for my treatment and for my wife. The point I'm trying to make here is if you as a family run it that way, run your finances this way, like a good business should do too. Businesses should have emergency funds. I think one of the best businesses is a debt-free business. Think about it. If you have a debt-free business, it gives you a lot of flexibility. Maybe it takes some risks that you didn't think that you could take. Same with the family. You don't like the job you're working at? You have good skills? You think that there's another job that might be better for you, but it involves moving and maybe some moving expenses involved? Hey, if you got money saved up, if you have an emergency fund saved up, if you got three or four or five, six months worth of expenses saved, you can afford to make that move. So, you know, those are some things to consider. That if you run your life like a business, and and your life is a rewards-based system. In other words, reward yourself. Make a goal of something that you want to achieve, write it down, and then reward yourself when you achieve that goal. Same with your kids. Set up a goal and reward them. We do that with our son all the time. Now, it doesn't mean that he always does it the way it's supposed to be done. He doesn't always hit the hit the goal. But what we do is if, if he only hits like 85% of the goal or he only got part of it, then he only gets part of his reward. He's pretty good. He's pretty smart. He's figured it out. And sometimes it might take a little bit longer for him to hit that goal. But he patiently waits until he gets there. And then he gets his reward. Usually it's money. <laughs> Usually we say, all right, this is what you want. We'll pay for it. But here's the, here's the reward that we need. i got to take a quick call. Be right back. Okay, so I'm back. So if that rewards-based system really works. And it works with you. It works with your kids. It works with anybody and that's what that's what America is all about. That's what freedom is all about. You know, you think about it. 
You think about it. If you don't have freedom, if you live in a country or you live in an area where you don't have real good freedom, then the reward system doesn't work out for you because you, sometimes you have a government or somebody else taking away some of what you've worked real hard for. And, you know, unfortunately here in the United States, you can hear, by the way, that I'm going through a pretty uh, rough rainstorm here. So I'm going to concentrate on, slow down a little bit here and concentrate on some safe driving while I'm podcasting as well. But, you know, you may have a country or a government taking away a lot of the rewards that you're supposed to get. If If you can get out of that situation, then get out of it. Otherwise, you're going to have to adjust. And, and save what you can. Re- reward yourself in the best way that you can. I'm a huge believer, folks. I'm a huge believer in taking a chance, reinventing myself if I have to, and moving out of a bad situation. I've done it several times in my life. Now, even though I've always been in the sales profession... I've reinvented myself in a couple of different ways because I chose to go and sell products and services that I was not familiar with. And I had to learn. I had a huge learning curve. And a couple of times I actually had to take a reduction in income to reinvest myself. Why do I keep saying that? To reinvent myself. And that's a fear that a lot of people have that... I would say try to get rid of that fear. Once you've done it once, you probably won't be afraid of doing it again. Fear, F-E-A-R, is nothing but false expectations of an anticipated result. And those false expectations will keep you back, and it'll hold you back. Most of you know I'm a Christian, and I read the Bible. And, you know, many times in the Bible, God says, fear not. So fear not. Take the risks. And that's what a business survival, that's what business survival is pretty much all about. So sometimes you got to make hard changes. you got to make the tough decision. Have any of you ever found yourself in a situation where you, gotta, you had to make the tough decision? And it was tough. It was emotional. It was negative. It was hard to make. But six months or a year later, when you look back on it, I will make a bet that there's a real good chance you are glad that you made that tough decision. You know, I've had to do it. My family's had to do it many times. Most of the time... It worked out. So that's part of business survival. If you're taking notes, make the tough decision. So first, get your house in financial order or get your business finances in order, either one. Because remember, we are treating our home and our household like a business, right? Then number two is make the tough decisions. Now, I'm going to give you some hint on making some tough decisions. And... This can also, you know, after a disaster happens, think about it. Whether you've gone through a natural disaster or you've gone through a man-made disaster, it doesn't matter. It's still a disaster, right? You're going to have to make some really tough decisions that maybe you're not used to making. 
some things that I have learned is discuss those tough decisions with other people that you trust. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Discuss the tough decisions with other people that you trust. Okay, I lean on my mother a lot. I talk to her a lot. You know, she she really has some really good insight, especially when it comes to making tough decisions. She's had to make them in her life, especially when I was a kid and me and my brothers were a kid, were kids, and she had to make a lot of tough decisions. So I trust her. Uh, many of you might be in the situation where your spouse is your greatest greatest trusted advisor. But go outside of that too. Find other people. Find real good friends. Maybe a pastor. Maybe a really good friend. Uh, maybe somebody that you know you used to work for that you kept good relationships with. Get their advice. Seek their advice. But remember something about advice. My mentor Tom Hopkins taught me when I was really when I was a young man. Never take advice from anyone more messed up than you are. <laughs> oh, think about that. We often find ourselves in that situation, don't we? And that'll kill business survival. That'll kill any survival. Never take advice from anyone more messed up than you are. <laughs> Well, be careful. And you know, I'm kind of joking about it, but I'm, think about the serious part of that for a minute. If somebody else's life is really, really messed up, I don't think it's a good idea to start taking their advice. Ask yourself, would I want to be in this person's position? And then you'll decide whether to take their advice. Now, maybe their life is messed up, but it's not their fault. And maybe they've gone through an experience that you are going through. And even though their life might be pretty rough, they went through that experience just like you. Take that person's advice. Take it all with a grain of salt. But I've always said, take the best and leave the rest. I'll say that again. Take the best and leave the rest. It's like this. It's like that with this podcast or anybody's advice. Take what you think is going to work for you and apply in your situation and then yeah, leave the rest for somebody else to to use or to listen to or to do. So making those tough decisions is the second part of business survival. Let's say family survival. Because again, we're running our families and our households like a business, aren't we? Okay, the next step in business survival I want to talk about is called see it through. See it through. Whatever decision that you make, do it, get rid of the fear, and see it through. Make it happen all the way. Execute your plan. That's what I'm saying. Execute your plan and execute all of your plan. You've all heard the saying, right, that people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. I hope you've all heard that. If you haven't, you heard it now. Most people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. And then when they do make a plan, they fail to execute the entire plan. I've done that many times, folks. Hey, I'm going to raise my hand in the air right now and admit I've done that. I have not executed the entire plan. And then it didn't work out. Well, it's because I didn't follow through all the way 
to the end. You can't make a decision on whether your plan worked until you've worked the plan all the way through to the end. Again, I mean, I'll give you an example. People sometimes uh, in businesses will decide to launch a new product. I see this happen because uh, I work for a product manufacturer. And I have now for about 17 years for two different product manufacturers in the past 17 years. And I'll see them come up with new products. And they got a great plan. It's, it's a good new product. It meets the needs of customers out there. And the technology is good. And boom, they launch it. And they say, hey, world, we got this product available. And they charge me with the, with the task of going out into my territory and selling this great new product. And then, you know, several months after the launch, it might not be selling as well as they thought. But I hope that they didn't just make a three-month plan. Whenever you do something, it's got to be a good long-term plan. And then sometimes manufacturers, they'll, they'll hit some hiccups. You know, whenever you launch new technology, what typically happens? Well, sometimes you got problems. you got problems getting that technology off the ground the way that it's supposed to be. You know, we see that with a lot of different new products. You know, new new models of cars, new models of, of guns, new model new models of all kinds of things. You know, it's it's kind of conventional wisdom that you don't buy a brand new model of something when it first comes out. You wait until the bugs are worked out of it. And I've seen manufacturers that I've worked for, as soon as all of a sudden some of the little issues, technical issues and bugs start appearing in this new product, then they start to walk back the launch of that product. They start to walk back the availability. They, they, they don't put as much resources into manufacturing that because now they're having some problems. And what it is, is it's somebody in management that has fear. They don't want to confront the problem. They don't want to deal with the problem. They'd rather just push the problem away so they think, eh, well, that product didn't work. You know, we, we put that out there, but it's not going to work. We've got too many problems. We don't want to deal with it. Don't want to allocate the resources. You know, let's forget it. And then so the new product kind of just dies a slow death. Because somebody didn't want to deal with it. Somebody didn't have the fear. Or somebody did have the fear and, and didn't want to just go through with it. They didn't want to see it through. They didn't want to exercise principle number three, seeing it through. Executing the plan all the way. Fix the bugs, allocate the resources, face the problem head on. It's just like this in your family. You can do the same thing in your family. Hey, when the crap hits the fan for you, face it head on. Don't don't deny it. Don't be afraid of it, gosh, fear is such a negative motivator, and it, I that happens to me sometimes too. You know, folks, two years ago, about two years ago today, I was laying in a hospital bed, and I didn't know if I was going to live much longer. Now, you want to talk about fear? That's fear. With God's help and His strength. I faced it. I faced the fear. I confronted the fear head on. And 
you could talk to family members of mine. There were times I I just I there were times I told family I don't think I'm going to make it. There were several times I said that. I don't think I'm going to make it. Not going to make it. And they kept on saying, "Yes, you will. Yes, you will." And with the help of family. You know, I give credit to the Lord Almighty. I also give credit to my family. I also give credit to the wonderful doctors at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston. They kept on saying, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to do this. You're going to make it. There's a sign at MD Anderson when you walk into almost any building. You know, the whole MD Anderson Cancer Center is multiple buildings. Whenever you walk into one of the buildings, one of the first signs that you see says you become a survivor on the day you were diagnosed. They're talking about cancer patients. You become a survivor on the day you were diagnosed. That's one of the signs that you see at MD Anderson. I kept thinking about that sign as I was laying in the hospital bed uh, that I was a survivor. People kept telling me I was a survivor. So I had to I had to train myself to confront that fear and other people helped me other people helped me this is why i'm such a big fan ladies and gentlemen one of the best survival skills you can have is to have a good network of family and friends that love you build it up and you need you know one of the best ways to get family and friends that love you is you be a good family member or friend that loves them it comes back folks it comes back Many thanks to all of you listeners. You know a lot of you listening to this podcast? You also played a huge role in enabling me to confront my fears of dying when I was going through cancer treatments. You, you people. So many of you emailed me. Some of you even called me. Some of you, some of you that I know relatively personally, you called me. Many of you emailed me. You sent me Facebook messages. Every single one of you who did that, you helped you helped. You helped me execute my plan. Now, I've kind of gotten off topic here a little bit because the topic is business survival, but I had to talk about that. I had to talk about it. And I, and I owe you all a wonderful, heartfelt thank you for what you did in building me up. Now, I have something to give to my wife and helping her confront her fears and what she is dealing with right now. Trying to create the best life for her and as, as much as possible. Now I have something to give. But that third principle of business survival, of seeing it through, that's probably just as important as making the plan itself. Would you agree? Quick break and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. The fourth and final concept that I want to talk about here, business survival, is reinvest. And I kept saying that earlier in the previous segment. I I was talking about reinventing yourself. Now I'm going to say reinvest. And what does that mean? Reinvest means 
You have if you're going to be a successful business, if you're going to be a successful family, if you're going to be a personal success, run your personal life like a business too. You've got to reinvest in yourself. You are the greatest asset you have. I hope you realize that. You are the greatest asset. You can return to yourself far more than the stock market usually can. Far more than gold and silver. I'm not saying that those aren't good investments. But you can return to yourself just as much, if not likely even more. Get more training. Reinvest in yourself by getting training, by learning a new skill. You got some extra money? Invest it. Instead of you working hard for your money, get your money working hard for you. Invest it. Find ways to reinvest. Maybe if you do own a business, launch a new product or service. (laughs) And don't forget to see it through. And confront the fears. But reinvesting is a huge part of business survival and personal survival. I hear countless stories about people that had to reinvest in themselves, you know, uh, for their careers. They go to get, they, they go get more training to advance themselves. My sister's done that. My sister's a school teacher. And she's she's gone out and gotten every degree and and trained herself and and got a master's degree and all kinds of certifications. She she and she does it slowly but surely but She's now at pretty much almost the top end of the pay scale for teachers in the area, for school teachers, where she lives. Because she's reinvested in herself. She got the training. She got the degree that she needed to advance herself. In my business... I can't really advance myself by getting another degree. Performance is what does it for me. Performance. And I don't really aspire to be a sales manager. I was. I did that for four years. I, 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 was, a, I was actually a, a region branch, excuse me, region general manager for a large security company. A region general manager. I had four offices in a, in a small region. And I oversaw all of the other offices. I had general managers working under me. I had that position from 96, no, 90, from 95 to 99 for four years, from 1995 to 1999. I, you know what? Looking back on it, I didn't like it. I hated it. it became, I became a professional babysitter. That's what I don't like about management. Man, when you get into management, sometimes so much of your job is is being an adult professional babysitter. Listening to people's problems. They come into my office and just talk about problems. Hey, folks, every human being on the face of the earth has problems. And really, deep down in our heart, one of the last things that we want to hear is other people's problems. I know there's an old saying that says, misery loves company. But you know what happens when you start explaining to people and spewing out all your problems? 80% of the people you tell don't care, and the other 20% are actually happy to hear it. 
<laughs> you ever notice that? 80% could care less. They don't want to tell you that. They don't care. And the other 20%, oh, yeah, we're happy to hear that because, you know, you're, you're suffering like me. But let me tell you what. The 20% who are happy to hear it, they're not going to help you. And the 80% that don't care, they're not going to help you either. You've you got to do it yourself. You've got to confront your fear. You know, if you're a person of faith like me, Talk to God first, and sometimes one of the, you know, hey, Christians, I'm talking to you. Well, I'm talking to anybody that's a person of faith. You know that one of the best prayers, one of the best prayers that you can pray, here's how it goes. Help! <laughs> Lord, help! <laughs> hey, God knows what you need. And sometimes when you just say, Lord, I need help, he knows <laughs> I'm serious, and I've prayed that prayer that prayer before. So remember that when when you're in that situation. But this final point about reinvesting is also incredibly important because it's really about the only way to achieve growth. Now, if you're happy where you are and you don't want to move any further, then Maybe you want to cut back on the reinvesting a little bit. Now, I don't want to move up any further in my company that I work for. But in in the business called Bob Main Corporation. All right. I don't really have a business that's called Bob Main Corporation. But I, I look at myself as a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a business. Okay. In my business, reinvesting to me means putting away money and making finding ways to make my money work for me and finding alternative sources of income and things like that to create a higher level of financial security and also maintaining my health okay that's that's reinvesting to me and also reinvesting is the legacy that i leave and so for some of you it might be and then this is the final point I'm going to make for some of you reinvesting might be the legacy you leave. Many of us are judged by our legacy is judged by our kids, our children. I use this podcast to basically leave a legacy. Someday I'm not going to be doing this anymore. Someday maybe the Lord will call me home and I won't be here on earth. I'll be enjoying my eternal life. Someday, it happens to all of us, ladies and gentlemen. But hopefully my legacy will be there. The podcasts, full of information. Not just from me, but from the people that I've interviewed. They'll be on the internet for all to listen to. <laughs> and don't worry, I'm not prophesying. I'm not, there's not something that I know that I'm not telling you. I'm just saying, this is, this is one of the ways I build my legacy. Through this show, through the Handgun World podcast. As many of you know, I do another show. If you like guns, if you like guns, check out the Handgun World podcast. I keep it very practical, very down-to-earth, very much an everyday guy. That's who I am. I don't get real, you know, tactical and things like that. I think you'd probably enjoy it. Guns are part of survival. It's not the only thing that you need, but they're a large part of it. So check it out. You can find that at handgunworld.com. Many of you may already listen to it. And many of you might have found out about this podcast by listening to me over at the Handgun World podcast. And by the way, uh, I'd love to get some iTunes reviews. 
on either show. If you listen to both of mine, give me a review on each one. I, I've got quite a few iTunes reviews, but I'd like to get more. It's always a great way because that's it's for people that are trying to check out podcasts. And a lot of people, when they're going through iTunes, looking at podcasts, they'll read the reviews right away. And a lot of them just look at the most recent reviews, the, the last seven or eight or nine reviews, and that's what they'll that's how they'll make a judgment of, as to whether they want to subscribe and download to the podcast. So if you use iTunes, please leave me a review. If you use Stitcher Radio to listen to this show, you can leave reviews there as well. I think most podcast programs have a way that you can leave reviews. I'd very much appreciate that. You can also call in a voicemail to this show. And make comments, ask questions, whatever. 210-646-1727 is the number. I'll put you on the show. 210-646-1727. If this show helps you in any way. You notice I didn't run any commercials. Now, the Self-Defense Radio Network, this this show is part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. We're not doing the advertisers anymore for the network. So... My show here, today's survival show, is supported only by listeners. And there are several ways you can do it. The, the easiest, quickest, and lowest cost way is through my Amazon store. If you're going to buy a product on Amazon, I just did about four days ago, please buy it through my Amazon store. You don't have to spend any extra money to support me. Amazon will. Just go to todayssurvival.com. There's an Amazon store page. Click the link. Click the link at my Amazon store page. Save that link if you want for future purchases. And then make do your shopping on Amazon. I'd appreciate that. Uh, my good friend Ben Branham, who's a firearms instructor and Marine combat veteran, together we do a video series on handguns and shooting and self-defense called the Shooters Club. You can become a member of the Shooters Club for only $8 a month. So that's another way you can support this show is uh, $8 a month or $75 a year. Become a member of the Shooters Club. Um, You can find that at todayssurvival.com. There's a page there. Or you can just go to shootersclubmembers.com. Shootersclubmembers.com. Or you can just look at the show notes for this episode. Just go and look at the show notes. You'll find a link there. We got some good handgun training classes coming up as well. We might be coming to your area to teach me and Ben Branham. So check that out. Another way that you can support me, um, folks. I very much appreciate you listening to this this episode here and and the other episodes that you probably listen to. Go back and listen to some of my older episodes. A lot of good information out there. This is episode number two hundred and ninety-two. I promise. I'm going to do a better job of bringing more out more often. Um, I used to do them every week. I don't think I'll be doing them every week, but just keep checking this feed because you're going to start seeing new episodes more often. Best of luck on business survival. I hope I gave you some things to think about and to try and implement into your life. I'm Bob Main. Thanks for listening to another episode of today's survival show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.